You may be seated. Well, it's always good to have Ron Campbell with us. For some of you, how many of you have never heard Ron Campbell speak? Anyone here that's never heard him? Okay, you're in for a real treat. Uh, Ron is a, uh, what we call a translocal elder. He's an elder, part of our body, but he just doesn't live here. We've been praying him to move from uh, that big metroplex area to San Angelo. We have a lot more to offer here. Like less traffic, yes. In us, we are his family. We are family. Hey, so stop, stop, stop. Sign, sign, everywhere sign. Blocking out the scenery, breaking my mind. Do this, don't do that. Can't you read the sign? Ron, here's your sign. Okay. Uh, this morning, I'm going to just let you know briefly before you get up to speak. Uh, if you want to uh, sow into his ministry, it's very simple. You can go online and sow into his ministry through soundthetrumpetministries.org or through Freedom Fellowship. You can just write a, a check to Freedom Fellowship and memo at Ron Campbell or, or Sound the Trumpet or Trumpet Player, whatever. We will make sure that he gets that offering. Uh, but Ron has been sowing into us. We've been sowing in him. It's a mutual sowing and a mutual blessing for many, many, many years. And when he comes here, he's, he is family. When he leaves, he's family. And we are, we are just blessed to, that he's a part of our life. So, without any further ado, would you all please welcome Brother Ron Kemble. Is that good? Oh, boy. Good morning. Whew. Hallelujah. It was interesting getting here yesterday. I drove through uh, rain showers. It was so bad that even the trucks were stopping on the road. And uh, I think there was a tornado and there was hail as well. But I said, God, I'm going to go. So I got through. Now, I want to ask you about that dip sign. Now, is that for the guys that need to stop dipping or the guys that need to start dipping? Is that for you, David, to stop dipping? You know... It causes gum cancer, you know, just for free. Yeah, I'm telling you. There's, some of you need to make a U-turn. Some of you just need to heal. Whoa. No dumping allowed. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's good. Highway intersection ahead. Road narrows. We know that one. We've been on the narrow road, right? One way. West. Where's West? His name's over there. <laughs> East. There's nobody named East, right? Oh, cool. All right, so it's all about signs today, right? They say that some see a sign and some wonder. Guys really have to develop a sense of humor. <laughs> Was that God? I don't know. Was it God? No, it wasn't the devil, so it had to be God. Anyway, so let's just pray. Father, I thank you for the anointing. Today, Father, we thank you for the greatest sign that was ever given to mankind. The sign of Pentecost. That when you came down and you inhabited with the saints, no longer did you live in a temple made of brick or mortar, but you now live in a temple made of flesh. We thank you that that's the greatest sign 
We thank you that within that sign, Father, that you have brought your redemptive power and you've set us free and you've brought your Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into all truth. Tonight, today, Lord, we bind the minds of the saints to the mind of Christ and everything contradict the will of God. We just pray that that would bow its knee in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I believe some of the people today were sort of sick. That's bad. I'm so sorry. Anyway, I just want to say to you, I wrote a book a while ago, so I'm sure some of you got them. How many of you actually read it? Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. America. You see, there's a sign right there. It's amazing how many people have bought my book but not read it. So because I asked them, I'm kind of forward. Did you read my book? No. Why not? I just haven't got there. Well, get there. There's two churches now that are reading this book and using it as a teaching uh, manual for their prophetic schools. And why I'm saying that is it's imperative for you to understand that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a prophetic generation. We need to know how to hear the voice of God and how to rightly divide the word of truth. Uh, today, you have to understand one of the signs to Jesus said in Matthew, he said, this will be a sign to you that the times are coming to an end because there will be deception. Do we have deception? The book of Matthew right. Do we have people running around telling lies? Yes. I mean, we've all, is there wars and rumors of wars? Yes. We have to sharpen and hone our gifts in the spirit so we can start hearing clearly and know how to administer the things that God is sharing with us. You know, there's a lot of looky-loos out there that are prophesying total garbage. We have a lot of cultural prophets that are prophesying things about nations and the nation. And yeah, I'm not really worried about it because I think God's more interested in the community and the people than the nation. A guy said to me the other day, he said, well, God has a covenant with our nation. I said, oh, he does. Where? Where's that written? God has a covenant with Israel. And God made a promise to Isaac and Ishmael. But he doesn't have a covenant with another nation. He has a covenant with Christ. And if you're in Christ, you're in that covenant. We need, that's a deception, people. God does not have a covenant with any nation but Israel. And it's hard to swallow, but it's the truth. I'd rather be in the covenant of Christ than in the Abrahamic covenant anyway. All right, that's touchy. So, if you have not got this book yet, I beg you in the name of Jesus, not for my sake, for your sake, to get it. I'll tell you why. I've broken it down into how to understand the gifts of the Spirit, the, the ministry of prophet, the office of the prophet, and how it works, and how things function in the body of Christ. Because it's through years and years that God taught me. Because I can tell you, I've read books from guys about how the prophetic, and I come away with nothing. Sorry, true. Are you guys okay? All right. So if go with me, if you, if you don't mind, to the book of Acts chapter 2. This is one of the greatest signs that we've seen from the Lord. And, uh, chapter 2 verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had come, they all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them as tongues of fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Now, of course, there's natural people there. Of course, it says there. Now, there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when the sound occurred, the crowd came together, and they were bewildered. 
because each of them was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished. Like I said, some see a sign, some wonder. Saying, why are these all speaking Galileans? Now does each one hear them in his own language? Now I want to say something to you quickly. You know, the beautiful thing about that whole understanding of that component of the baptism that came that day was God broke the barrier of the curse that he placed on mankind at the Tower of Babel. Because men decided that they could build and they could become like God. So what God did is he confused their language. Right? Over here, all men from different cultures and and everything spoke a similar tongue. That everybody understood their tongue. So what I'm saying is God broke that curse by bringing the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What am I saying by that? I'm saying if you're a person that is baptized in the Holy Spirit, firstly you can hear God, you can understand Him, and then you can understand other people, even though they speak different languages. Now I was in a meeting once where a guy was praying over a woman, and he was saying, Puma Satan! Now he didn't know what he was saying, but I understood it because he was saying, come out devil in the name of Jesus in Zulu. He didn't know what he was doing. I asked him, do you speak Zulu? No, what's Zulu? I said, there's not a toilet in a game park. It's a language. Zulu. <laughs> see, you guys are getting it, right? Getting the interpretation of foreign tongues. There you go, you see. And the guy was rebuking Satan in Zulu. Now, if you had said to that woman, come out Satan, in English, she probably would have balked and resisted. So God used another tongue to be able to break the power of that thing and bring it out in any language. Can you see the strength of what languages do and what God has given you? The gift of interpretation of foreign tongues, the gift of interpretation of tongues. You can interpret things that people normally don't understand. This is the, this is the sign that we have from Pentecost. Every time we celebrate Pentecost, we have to celebrate the fact that God has given us a diversity of abilities, a diversity of giftings. To each is given this gift. One is given a gift of interpretation, one is given a song, one is given a... We have the ability to express the full nature and personality of God through the diversity of giftings we've been given at Pentecost. They didn't have that before. What a profound sign that it was a change of administration of the kingdom at Pentecost. You see, before, everybody had to go down to the temple and work through the Levites. But when God destroyed that whole process and broke the the tabernacle and tore the veil, that power changed. The the presence of God left there. And then the presence of God came on Pentecost and alighted with man, moved in with man. You have the presence in you. I'm glad you're excited about it. So I was doing a study once, and I was talking to a friend of mine that's a scientist, and he does all creation kind of stuff. And we were talking about how did fire appear on the shoulders of these men? It's kind of crazy, impossible, but it's scientifically accurate. God never breaks the principles of science. You know that? Okay. You guys, what was he talking about? Well, if God created science... I laughed, I heard a politician the other day say, well, there's certain aspects of science we don't believe. Well, 
Just look at yourself in the mirror and understand that science worked. That's why you're here. Stupid is as stupid does. Because you're educated, don't think that you can negate the principles that God set in power in this earth. He's given us the ability to interpret them through the Spirit and through the gifts and the anointing, right? Okay, so I was talking to my friend who was saying to me about how he thinks the tongues of fire came on people's shoulders. They were all in one accord. That was not a Honda accord, by the way. It was one accord, worshipping. They were worshipping and the presence of God came in. And what, what happens when you worship? You almost feel like your body temperature raises, isn't it? And I always speak about the oil of anointing, am I right? And the oil of your anointing, the oil within your lamp, which is your spirit, rises. And they say that when oil gets hot, it has what they call a flash point. When the oil in your car gets too hot, it has a flash point, and it can actually cause a fire in your engine. That's why you need specific grades of oil for specific cars. Racing cars use... A much more viscous kind of oil because the bottom line is if you use just normal oil that engine will go, burn up and go on fire very quickly so our oil is raised up within us by the presence of the spirit of God and worship of the Lord the oil of anointing inside your lamp which is the spirit of, of God inside of you raises and I think the presence of God came down which is the fire from heaven and when the two met I think a flashpoint happened and that's where the tongues of fire came if it happened once, which is a precedent, it can happen again. We're talking about science. You know, everybody chases after science today because people want to know that God is real. But you have a sign right within you. It's a sign of the Spirit. I was telling Pastor Harold and Mary, for the last couple of months I've been going through some things which have really been very difficult. So I decided about two or three weeks ago, I said, God, you know, seems like doors for ministry for me in certain places have closed. But in the meantime, what do you want me to do? Because I know that I'm called to minister. I want to minister. So I said, prayed about it. And so I signed up to become a, dri a lift driver. <laughs> so far, I've taken four people. Prayed and prophesied to every single one of them. Not really about the money. It's more about the opportunity to get in front of people. I don't really worry about the money. Money will come. I'm more concerned about getting to the right people. So I just pray. I said, God, if there's somebody that needs a ride, let me know. I picked up a lady the other day. She's, um, I picked up a cardiologist. Uh, a wonderful old black lady. Picked up the cardiologist. Helped her in my car. Sat her down. Sat and talked for a while. Put the air conditioner on. Made sure she was comfortable. Whereas the drive should have taken 10 minutes. It took an hour and 30 minutes. But when she got out of that car, she was full of the Holy Spirit. Why? is because there was a temperature rise in the car. The air conditioner couldn't quench what was going on in the, in the lamp. I prophesied to her. She, she, she battled to get in the car. She was walking. When she got out of the car, she whoop. Oh, man. Something happened. So it's not about, it's not about, oh, well, you know, the church has closed the doors and I don't have an opportunity. Man, there are opportunities. There's Starbucks. There's the grocery store. You carry within you a sign of a new covenant. We, we celebrate the communion. When you drink that blood, this is the blood of my new covenant. There's something that you carry, right, that people don't have. 
and they need and they want. They think they might need something else, but they actually need what you have. Because once you have what you have, everything else is taken care of. Can you understand what I'm saying? You see, we, we will have all these other things come to us. We will have tribulation. We will have hardship. There will be wars. There will be rumors of wars. Matthew speaks about it. There will be things happening. That doesn't stop the fact that you are set apart. You are anointed. And God's covenantly obligated by His Spirit to take care of you. Am I right? Well, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't have a job. Well, hey, listen. Get down. Take that time when you're stressing and worrying and pray. You know, when doors close to me for ministry, I say, okay, obviously the season has ended. I don't cry and get all upset about it. You know? I don't call people and say, hey man, do you want to invite me? I'm not going to do that. Just send out my resume. and No, I'm not going to do that either. I'm going to wait on the Lord. Because I think that He knows what He's doing. And I have a sign within me that I know I can sit there in 10 minutes. I can pray in the Spirit. And I can find peace like a river. I can sit in my office, put my feet up on the desk, not worry about my bills because I know that once I start praying in the Holy Spirit, it's I start interpreting things and prophesying and speaking things that only the Holy Spirit and God and myself can understand. No enemy can get in the way and God makes a way. I cannot tell you how many times I've sat in my office and I've had my bills come to you and I did not have the finance to pay. And I start praying in the Spirit and what happens? Bing, bong, the doorbell rings and there's a FedEx package or a FedEx envelope. I know what it is. I don't even need to... I wonder what it is. I know what it is. Hey, and it may only be just enough, but that's God's provision. I should provide all your needs according to my riches in glory. Hey, listen. There's some true days when I really panic. <laughs> I was saying to a guy the other day, I said, when I was in the military, I learned two code words. When you're in battle, in the battlefield, and you're out there and you're so far away from the rest of your troops because special forces are normally sent behind enemy lines, where you're overwhelmingly overwhelmed by enemy and you're fighting, and basically there's more against you than for you. You have one code word, which we used to use quite often, called hot extraction, where you send up a balloon and you tether yourself to your mates, and they fly over you with a C-130, and they snatch you out of the ground. And that's awesome. You kind of black out because you go from zero to however fast the plane's going, and 10, 10 Gs, it's cool. It's like you just extract it out of that situation. And then there's the other one where you're so overwhelmed that your enemy is on top of you and you call in broken arrow and they drop a bomb on you and your enemy. And I say, oh, that's bad. No, it's not bad. Because God's called you to that. He's called you to die to the flesh. He's called you to die to self. He said he'll not allow you to be tested beyond what you can cope with. So the hard extraction is easy for you as a Christian to be snatched out of the situation that you're in. But it's very difficult to call broken arrow on yourself. When you're so overwhelmed that the opposition against you is so overwhelming that there's no way of escape that you have to say, not my will, but thy will be done. You call him broken arrow and God sends something and what he does, he just boom, defeats your enemy. 
And in the process, there's something inside of you that dies. Not a physical death. I'm using the principles to show you that we have that capacity with God where He can defeat our enemy right in the midst of the battle and in the process defeat something inside of us that will stop us from ever worrying about that thing again. Pentecost has opened up an armory of weaponry to us. But we've been trained by culture. We've been trained by the church to be passive. And we've been told that those things don't exist anymore. They're only for one generation. I call BS on that. How are we supposed to get equipped to be saints if the Holy Spirit giftings and the Holy Spirit is not relevant for today? Because let me tell you, doctrine's not going to help you. The guy said, well, the Word's going to help you. Well, the Word without the Spirit is just death. Hello? Am I speaking to the right people? And it's amazing how the religious society will always try and find a way to say, well, you know, that spirit stuff's emotional. Man, yes, Jesus was emotional. The Bible says he wept. He was moved with compassion. How about us Christians, instead of being politically minded and trying to resolve America's problems politically, how about us trying to resolve America's problems through compassion, through mercy, through love, through grace, through the components of the Spirit, through love that conquers everything. You leave it up to the politicians. They're going to wreck it. They are wrecking it. I don't care which side of the fence you sit on. I look at it and I just shake my head. I, I cannot believe that there's such stupidity that has prevailed in our modern culture today. From both sides. And I'm asking myself, where is the church God said, I don't want to lose my social security. I said, well, if you depend on the government, you're going to lose it. You need to start depending on the spirit. I don't know how to do that. Yeah, you've never been trained by the church. This is a training center. We're here to equip you to rise up and to walk in your most holy faith. This is the place where you come and you shed the flesh and you gain a combat experience in the spirit. I remember when I was first starting out, I, was, I had three or four guys I was mentoring back in South Africa. And these were all rugby players. And they were big dudes, man. I mean, when I stood in the, next to them, I stood in their shadow. That's how big. They're like solid rock kind of guys. And these two brothers just got saved and got baptized in the Holy Spirit. They were woo, excited about what God was doing in their life. And the one guy had a girlfriend. And she was about five foot wet. His short little girl. And they wanted to cast the devil out of her. And they called me one night. Hey, listen, we're going to pray for it tonight. We're going to cast the devil out of her. I said, listen, do me a favor. Don't. Why? We're supposed to lead people to God. Yeah, yeah, don't touch that. <laughs> now, two hours later, I got a phone call from the next door neighbor. These two big dudes are locked out on the 25th floor on the balcony. This chick beat the tar out of both of them, smashed their furniture. And she was frothing them out. They had to get the cops taser and lock her down and take her to a mental institute. Because these guys stirred the devil up in her, but they never had the authority or the wisdom and power to understand why that thing was there. They themselves were still demon-possessed. Oh, that's right. Christians can't have demons. Sorry. 
It's either the monkey on your back or the monkey in your pack. Once you're saved, your spirit is redeemed, but your soul and your body sometimes are still under subjugation to the things that possessed you before you came to know Him. How do I know that? I is one. I have to watch myself. I grew up in a very violent environment. So to me, violence is a natural thing. Actually, violence sometimes comes before the spirit for me. <laughs> no, I'm honest with you. I'm being, hey, look, I'm just being transparent with you. I'm not playing games with you. A guy cuts me off on the highway. I'm not going to pray in the spirit for him. <laughs> Until wisdom prevails. And my wife shouts at me, stop it. Or my daughter says, Dad, somebody calls me back into reason. Now, I know that you're all spiritual. You don't do what I do. But I'm sorry. I'm still learning. I'm growing too. Even though I have things of the Spirit in many areas, I don't have my whole life conquered. Contrary to what people on time tell you, that you have to be perfect. If you want to be perfect in the natural, you go ahead, brother. You have all your stuff done. But I'm going to tell you something. There's not one of us that's perfect. And there's not one of us that's righteous within our own doings. You want to see a sign? Hey man, God uses weak and broken people to fulfill His kingdom. I can mess up so bad in my car and get out, shake it off, and come and pray for somebody to get a baptism of the Holy Spirit and to get a prophetic word and be 100% accurate. You say, how does that work? It's not dependent on me. It's dependent on Him. I know this sounds weird. Is that okay for me, Is that okay for me to share it like that? Because I know you people have this feeling or this impression that you have to be, you have to be gold-plated and just incense flowing out of your body all the time. Yeah? Because you have this impression that you have to be perfect to, to minister. No, you just do as the Spirit leads you. He's not wanting you to be perfect. He wants you to be obedient. And in the process of your obedience, you will gain perfection in the Spirit. To me, it's more important to know Him than to try and act religious. You know? I was, I was mentoring a guy that eventually one day passed away, and the, the priest, the Catholic priest from there, whatever it was, I can't remember, but he came to me and says, Because of you, so-and-so won't find repose. What do you mean? You intervened in the process of the church of raising this man up and helping him and healing him. And so now you have taken away from him the opportunity to find repose. Repose means to rise again. I asked him a question. I said, I'm really, I, I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be rude. I don't understand what you're saying. But guess what I want to ask you? Is your name God? He turned around and his two belts from his frock hit me as he turned around. <laughs> I mean, I was just being honest. I, I didn't understand that. I, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be rude. But who limits man from being with God? <clears throat> no organization. God has written us on the palm of his hand. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not height, depth, power, principle. Nothing. So what is this? 
I suppose it was around about money. That's what it was. But praise God, we have the Spirit. We have the sign. We have the sign. You know, when I got saved, the first time I got saved, and I got saved in the Assemblies of God Church, and it was like it was like a market there on Sundays. Everywhere was it sounded like hens. It was cluttering. Everywhere was praying in tongues. It was like it was like a Jewish market. It was noisy. Everywhere was out trying to speak in tongues, and I'd do the other ones. And I was so badly PTSD. I just, I mean, I just come back from the bush. I mean, I walked into church like this when these people were making so much noise. My ears were going, I was, I was getting catatonic. And I sat right in the back seat. I thought, okay, I'm safe here because I'm quick to the door. Just out the door if there's some noise. If this noise goes too bad. Because, you know, when you've been in war and all the explosions, that it messes with your head. If there are any of you guys ex-military, you know what I'm talking about, right? No? Yeah. I don't know who this dude was, but he stood right behind me and he saw ah, screaming tongues, man. I turned around and I delivered fivefold ministry right into his solar plexus. <laughs> and he hit the floor. Uh, and there was no sound that came out of his lungs. So that obviously wasn't a sign of the kingdom in me or in him. I don't really know. But the bottom line is they chased me out of the church, told me, never come back. You were banished forever. I walked out confused. I thought, this is supposed to be people that love you. I mean, I was messed up, people. My head was so badly jacked up that, that if I drove down the road or walked down the road and a car drove by and they backfired the engine, I'd drop on the floor seeking cover. That's how badly jacked I was. Are there any military guys here? One. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I was walking with my wife in town. A guy drove by with a Ford, old Ford, and bang, backfired. I was on the floor. Cover. What, what, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't help it. I was messed up. I was banished from the church. Go down to outer darkness. Best thing that ever happened to me. Because then I found... A church that believed in the Holy Spirit. And when they prayed for me, I got the baptism. And I was so shocked that I couldn't believe I was speaking in another language. And I couldn't even understand myself. And it wasn't an act. It wasn't a put on to get them. I mean, they didn't have to crush my head and leave fingerprints on my head. It just came on me like fire. And it was so powerful. That whatever it was that was residing inside of me just voluntarily left. And I knew in my heart when I got up the floor that day, I knew in my heart that I had met God in a way that I had never met Him before. And I was hungry to find a deeper walk, a deeper relationship with Him. Because for the first time in my life, I felt like I mattered. And somebody cared. Because I knew immediately that no matter what happens to me in the future, I know that I have a companion, an advocate that's with me. I didn't even know the scripture, man. I just had this knowledge of knowing that I was okay. I wasn't bad like they said I was. Sometimes you just need that experience with God. 
And the only one who can bring it to you is the Holy Spirit. The only one who can take you on that walk of intimacy is the Holy Spirit. And so I'm so thankful today for what happened at Pentecost. Because of what happened at Pentecost, we can walk in that place with the Lord. Having knowledge, having wisdom, having to fear the Lord, which is the beginning, being able to walk in that place and know the sound that God makes. Now, I have a friend. He's a prophet. He's about 78 years old. He's English. His name is Roger. And he's got a booming voice. And he says, Hi, I'm Roger T, lad. The prophet of the Lord. That's how he speaks. Very powerful man. Nobody knows him because he doesn't promote himself. He's hidden. But I was with him in the airport in Johannesburg when a man came to confront him. And he said, do not step across that threshold. And as a man did, he fell dead. And I realized, dude, I want to hang with you. <laughs> but this is what he says to me. He says, Ron, when I go to the church today in America, he says, I don't know that voice. I said, what do you mean? He says, it's not the voice of the Lord, son. I want to tell you something. You need to make sure that when you come to church that you have an encounter with the voice of the Lord. You want to see the sign of God in your life? You need to have the experience with God. You need to know that you're hearing the Lord's voice when you come in. Because when you hear God's voice, you'll know when you walk out that there's no other voice that's going to fill you like that voice. There's only one sound that can fill you. Yeah, music can make you feel good. People can give you accolades and make you feel wonderful. But it's the voice of the Lord that brings you to that place of knowing your destiny, who you are, and what you were purposed for. Before I created you in your mother's womb, I knew you. People will say what they like about me. I don't care. I'm dead. I called Broken Arrow a long time ago. I said, God, kill whatever you need to kill in me. Some of it still resurrects itself. But, you know, they just call another one in, another strike in. Get rid of the flesh. That's all you've got to do. Because we live in a fleshly society. You know, bad company corrupts good morals. You get around bad people, you become bad. Hello. Is that okay for me to share with you? Are you guys okay? Oh, I just have to make sure. You're doing good. Awesome. So are you excited like me about the fact that Pentecost was a sign of a new dispensation? Thank you, Jesus. Okay, Holy Spirit. So I want to say something to you while I was standing here with you today. God has not given up on you or abandoned you. The call that he has on your life is still yes and amen. I know the battle's been intense for you. I know even the battle in the physical realm has been intense. But God has put a spirit of intercession upon you. So today, by the Spirit, I'm calling you to a deeper, deeper walk with God, deeper relationship, because you have a heart after him. You know his voice. I want to tell you that there's still great purpose in you, and it's not over. There's still something that God wants to do through you, with you, and in you, and to you. So I release the anointing of the Holy Spirit on you today and tell you that what you're hearing today 
is the resounding sound from heaven to say, I'm not finished with you. I'm still working. I'm still doing things with you. And I'm still going to do things with you. Death cannot stop what God has started in you. So I release the anointing on you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. <clears throat> I don't know about you, but for the last three weeks I've been battling this chest thing. <clears throat> and no matter what antibiotics I try to take, it just does nothing. So if I'm a bit hoarse, I'm sorry. It's just like <clears throat> I've been battling this thing for quite a while. I'm trying to shake it off me. Hopefully soon. I'm just asking God to just heal my chest. You know, in 1979, I was blown up in a landmine in Angola, and it damaged the vasilia, the hairs in my lungs. So every year I seem to battle with bronchitis or walking pneumonia, but I'm just trusting God to get over it. It makes it very difficult to minister because you just they have no oxygen. So if I suddenly pass out here, yeah, it's okay. I'm going to call on the breath of heaven to fill my lungs right now in Jesus' name. <clears throat> Thank you, Holy Spirit. Cal. Promotion comes from the Lord. Only God promotes man. And the call and the gifts of your li- on your life are real and yes and amen. But there's a season that God's going to take you into. It's going to be a very predominant season in your life where God is going to move you from one place in the spirit to another. And you're going to start seeing the authority that God has placed in your life. Right now you see bits and pieces, glimpses. But you've not really seen the full potential. And God's going to create an anchor in your life to secure you into a place where you, like, like sometimes a ship when the tide comes in gets moved by. But you're not going to be moved by the tide. God is going to anchor you. And the anchor is a, a prophetic thing. It's there because God's going to stop you from slipping here and slipping there with the tide of time. God wants to bring a stable foundation of the fivefold ministry into your life. And I just pray today that you would be able to hear what the Spirit is saying to you. You know, God speaks about authority, and you're in the Air Force, and you know authority comes down the flagpole. And as a man of authority, you walk in authority. And I want to just tell you this, that God is placing authority on you, but authority has to always relate to authority. So I want to encourage you to build relationships within the realm of authority, even within this house, so that your gift can be received and that the ministry that you're functioning can be functional in people's lives. So I just pray today, Father, that you bring your power of stabilization in his life. And Lord, that you promote him at the right time, right season, in the call that you called him to. And I pray today that he has a sound mind. And Father, I thank you that he has gifts and that you have this working ability. You have a real motor, a real engine for the work of the things of the kingdom. And that's a good thing. And that's really what keeps you in a good place. So continue doing the things until God releases you and sends you to a new place. So I just really said anointing on you right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Breath of heaven. Come. Yeah. You do? Yeah. I'll put my tongue. Joseph Grimes. Seeing that you lost all your hair, it's so difficult to recognize you. You come with him. You know, what I've seen with you is in the last few years, there's been a, it's almost like, you know, when you drill a well and you go down and while the drill is there, they pull it up and they put more pipes and they go deeper and deeper. I've seen the Holy Spirit drill. 
deeper and deeper into both your lives. And I know that there's a mother load that the Holy Spirit's getting ready to hit in your life. And I know the concern of what to do, where to go, how do we survive, how do we account for this. But I believe God has you in His hand, and I believe the time and the season is now for a breakthrough to come. Not just in your lives, in your children's lives, but in the ministry that God's called you to. This capacity of the administration of the Holy Spirit in you. And I'm talking about you together as one, okay? You're not left out the picture, because the Bible says the two of you shall become one, and you are one. So when I speak to you, I'm actually speaking to you both. But I do believe there's a time when God's going to start opening up the prophetic ears and eyes to you. He's already doing it in in bits and pieces. But there's going to come a day when you're going to carry the voice and the word of the Lord. And that's what the training programs mean. That's why you've almost like you've been reduced in life. Like things have been removed from you. And what it is, it's removed from you so that you're not distracted by it. But it'll be returned to you at a later stage in a new season when these things have been accomplished inside of you. And I know it's been a hard season. These last three years for you has been like, it's almost been like an exfoliation. But don't worry, the Holy Spirit is, de- and He's drilling and He's getting close to the mother load. So when the anointing of the Spirit of God moves on you, and I'm telling you, there's a teaching thing that's coming on your life, specifically to do about the Holy Spirit. We're going to start teaching balance, order, and the creative power of the Holy Spirit. See, the church has not yet experienced the creative power of the Holy Spirit. You know, we've got words there and words there, but we've not really experienced the full creative power of the Holy Spirit. I believe the Holy Spirit's going to start showing you some things. Because the two of you together have a creative anointing. So, Father, I release the grace on them right now to walk in this capacity. Thank you, Father, that you have brought them to this place of reduction. Because, Lord, you're getting ready to bring into them some production that is your production of the Spirit putting together things and moving into the streets and the highways and byways of the city to speak and prophesy and build accountability into the saints, into the lost sheep of the kingdom that, God, you're going to use them to bring in in this coming day. Ask you for favor. Lord, you're not going to let them go away from here. You're going to keep them here. You're going to keep them solid and solid foundation. And I release that grace upon them right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse. What's your name? Come here to me. Can I pray for you? You want to just raise your hands for me? Now, I know the plan of the enemy was to destroy you. I know the plan of the enemy was to break relationships and to bring devastation. And it all could to take your mind from you. But today I just break the assignment on your life and even the devastation of division, the devastation of even things that have happened within your physical body, even addictions, even the abuse you suffered. I just break the power of these components. But I want to tell you that God says, I'm not done with you. I'm getting ready to do my greatest work in you in this season and time. I'm about to anoint you right now, says the Lord. And Father says that that's lost will return, but it'll come by a different way. For I have not given up on you, says the Lord. So, Father, I just thank you today that you give her the ability to hear you and to know you. And that heat you're feeling on you now, it's not me, it's the Holy Spirit. It's just come upon you. I can feel it. Whew. Oh, it's hot. Thank you, Jesus, that you cause fire to come within her soul or to burn out. Even the rejection that came against her at her birth today. Lord, there was a separation that has come in her family. I break the power of that spirit of Jezebel that worked in the family to bring this division and separation 
where the battle came against this young lady when she was birthed. That day the war was declared. But Father, today you declare the victory. Today the victory is in Christ. And I release the anointing on her. Thank you, Lord, that you've given a new purpose, a new hope. Okay? And let me say something to you quickly. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ. Every time your past try to come back to you and say something to you, you just need to say, shut up. There's no condemnation. And you're covered. Okay? So the past is history. It's gone. It's over. You have a great future and a destiny in Christ. And God's going to restore to you the purpose He birthed you for. Okay? All right? And Sarah, the baconator, (laughs) where's your hubby? Outside? It's all right, you can hear this on the tape. You know, I haven't really had the privilege of prophesying to you because you've always run away. So today, the Holy Spirit is, (laughs) look at her, she's blushing. I know, I'm joking with you. She's always busy down with the children and that. Don't look at your watch. Your footprint isn't going to help you right now. <laughs> you know, here's what I want to say to you. You have such a phenomenal gift and skill set. There's so many things that you can do. I mean, there's so many things you carry. And you have such favor with so many different levels of people. Elderly, middle-aged, sort of adults. And then as you go down, you have multi-levels of favor. You've never really stepped into the fullness of the gifting inside of you. And why? It's, it's, come, from, it's come from fear of being rejected. And I don't know where you came from spiritually, where your spiritual roots began, but there was obviously something said to you against the prophetic anointing. And I just break that word that was spoken over life today. Because let me tell you, you carry the word of the Lord. And you have the opportunity, and you even have the platform to declare things to people because you found favor with them. God has given you immense favor. So I'm going to say to you, this is becoming a season for you to start standing in front of those young folks, and you speak the word of the Lord to them. Because let me tell you, that will be their rescue and their salvation. When they leave here one day and they go about their world business, that will be their rescue because the word of the Lord shall never return void. And the word of the Lord to you will never return void. And God has highly favored you above your peers. You carry a specific anointing, very highly favored in the area of the prophetic. And let me tell you, there's a healing component that runs with you. And you need to start laying your hands on those people and they shall recover. And it's going to be just for you, it's going to be an act of faith. And that, that faith is going to break the power of fear that has kept you entrapped and ensnared because you don't want to make a fool of yourself. But sometimes you just need to be a fool for Jesus. So, Father, I release the anointing on Sarah. Thank you. You've made a covenant. Thank you that you've ratified your covenant in the blood. And it's sealed. And your word for is sealed. And no weapon, no voice raised against and contradicting the will and the word of God for life can stop what you're getting ready to do. Thank you today, Father, that this, this today is a milestone. A milestone for the beginning of the rest of her journey. So you always look back on today, the day of Pentecost, when you spoke, Lord, and you confirmed in her heart the things she's always felt. And I release the anointing on her today, in Jesus' name.
Amen. The plan the enemy had for your life, to dismember your life, to dismantle your life, to break it, to set you on a path that wasn't God's path, has been broken. Today God is restoring you. You see that U-turn sign? God has made a U-turn for you. He's taking you out of whatever it was you're in and He's bringing you back into His purpose for your life. And so I just break the, sh- the shroud of shame that's been over you. I just release it off you. I just break the power of that thing where people have used you and abused you and taken advantage of you. I break it off you right now in Jesus' name. No more. I declare no more will those things happen to you. Even the agreements you've made with abusive relationships and abusive people, I break the power of that thing over you right now. God says, I'm bringing you today into your right mind. I'm giving you the mind of Christ. And nothing that I own, I bought you the price, nothing that I own is available to be abused any longer. Because you're going to walk in the anointing. There's a gift upon your life. There's a music gift. There's a worship gift upon your life. And you're in the place now where you've been restored. But God says, there's coming a day when your sound is going to come out of you, it's going to be a great sound of redemption. In the meantime, God says, I'm restoring and rebuilding. I'm breaking the power of the spirit of poverty off you today. I declare to you today that all past umbilical associations, umbilical ties broken of your life. That's a new day today. I declare it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, the good thing about the prophetic word is the prophetic word is not only like this, omniscient, directional, but it's also omniscient. It touches everything. So if there's anything I've spoken to these people today that witnessed and triggered your spirit, I want you to take that as a word for you. It's not that God has overlooked you. God is speaking. He's declaring things continually all the time. And when we hear things, we just need to grab hold of it and establish it as the word for us. It's the word of the Lord to you today. You know, I was at a conference last year sometime, and the guy started to sing a song. And he said, you've been praying, you've been sowing, but heaven's going to send the rain. I get up every day, I sing that song. Because I'm believing for heaven to send the rain, to water the seed that I've sown. I've not only sown economic, but I've sown prophetic seeds all over the world. And I'm asking and believing God for a harvest return. It is not right that we should be in a place of economic hardship in the kingdom. Because the kingdom itself has everything we need to fulfill and accomplish what we need to do. But the enemy has set himself up to war against the saints. To try in every possible way to stop us from functioning as we should. And the one way that he does it is he robs, steals, and destroys. And we know that the enemy is a liar. Jesus said he was a liar from the beginning. Now, can I even begin to tell you the battles I've been through the last couple of months? I have to get up every day. And rather than listen to what the enemy said about me or what he thinks about me, I've had to clothe myself in my right mind. I've had to stand and declare to the Lord what the Lord declared to me because the enemy's done everything in his power to dismantle me and to bring me back into shame. He's done everything in his power to speak lies about me. He's used brothers in Christ to speak violent, venomous things against me to stop me. So I have to get up every day. I have to declare the word of the Lord to myself. 
have to say to my mind, mind, be whole in Jesus' name. Don't listen to the lie then, but remember what the Lord has said. I have to bring myself into remembrance of what God has said. Every day. I have to sing to myself. I wouldn't pain you guys with singing to you, but I have to sing to myself and remind myself that we're in a real battle, people. Society is degradating. Our culture in this country is unraveling. There are so many enemies that we are not aware of going on right now. And we're in a battle for our existence. Let me tell you, it's not fun. But the only way you will overcome is if you get hold of what God says and you tie it to yourself like the phylacteries that the Levites used to use when they went into here, the Urim and Thurim, when they went to hear the voice of the Lord. They had to tie it around the bind around the arms, the word of the Lord. I have to bind God's word around my mind daily and remember it because the battle is so intense. Matthew speaks about the signs that are coming in the end. And let me just read you the scripture in closing so you are aware. I want you to be aware of what the word says. I don't want to, I don't want to cause you to be afraid. In uh, Matthew 24, Jesus speaks to them about the temple being dismantled. In chapter 4, verse 4, he says this, See to it that no one mislead you, deceive you. For many will come saying, I am the Christ. Many things will come to you and say that they are the Redeemer. They are the ones that are able to redeem you. Finance will come to you and say, I can redeem you. People will come to you. Business will come to you. Opportunities come to you. Money will come to you. All kinds of things will come and try and be your redemption. And will mislead you. You will hear rumors of war, wars. See, you're not frightened. You know this whole terrorism thing? You know how afraid people are? You know why? People, when people are afraid, they make bad decisions. And they want us to make bad decisions because of fear. That's why you always hear the media communicating terrorism, 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 terrorism. And so people become afraid. And what do they do? They give the leaders of our nation the right to do things on our behalf which they shouldn't be doing. See to it that you are not frightened, for these things must take place. But that is not yet the end. For the nation will rise against nation, the kingdom against kingdom. And various places there will be famines and earthquakes. We've seen that. We see that all the time. But all these things are merely the beginning of the birth pangs. Then they will deliver you to tribulation, and they will kill you. And you will be hated by all nations because of my name. At that time, many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets will rise and will mislead many. Because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end he will be saved. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to the nations, and then the end will come. You can't get it more clear than that. Don't be moved by what you see or what you hear. Okay? And don't fall away. You look at the churches today, how many people have fallen away? So many people have walked away from their gift, their call, because they've just been overwhelmed. 
I pray in the Lord's name today, in Jesus' name, Father, that you will sustain the saints that are here. That you will give them the sign of the kingdom, the Holy Spirit. And that he would lead them and guide them into all truth. That they will not be deceived by all the false Christs that are out there. I thank you today for the sacrifice, Jesus, that you gave so that we could have life. And I pray the life of God and the breath of God would just come to your saints today and invigorate them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Where's David at? David Hooks? Could you come play for us? I feel like we really need to have an invitation this morning. Uh, so I'd like the ministry team to go ahead and take your places. I still feel like that person or persons that's contemplating suicide needs prayer this morning. Some of you may be here this morning don't know Jesus Christ. You, this is the day you need to give your life to him. Maybe the prophetic word that was spoken today zeroed right in on you and you need somebody just to come alongside you and pray for you. Maybe you have a physical need, you need prayer for healing. Whatever that need is, we have prayer uh, teams in the front and in the back all the way around. And then we also uh, I'll give you this opportunity at the same time to bring your gifts or your offerings uh, to sow into Ron's ministry. Uh, you can do that this morning by, like I said earlier, just make a check to Freedom and memo at Ron Campbell, and we can take care of that for you. Okay, so would you all stand this morning? Would you stand? And Father, I thank you for your presence to heal, to restore. I thank you for the prophetic word today that has changed hearts. And Lord, that those that have come in here without hope will leave with hope. Those that have come in this place, Father, with, with infirmity will leave healed. Lord, we thank you for your presence today to do whatever you need to do. We bless this time of ministry. We bless this time of giving. It will be an honor and a glory to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So step out and come if you need prayer this morning. Front and back if you to give this morning. Come and do that.